0: And um, can't you just feel the prophetic in the air? Yeah. And just you know, the revelation of God here with us today, and um, we're we're really excited and expectant for what God is going to do. Um, we decided that we would do this together, and this is part of our Lamb homework, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not really. Um, but actually, uh, although David and Kate Stevens were taking notes in the first service, <laughs> no, we um, we we decided that we would do this together because um, this is a topic that's really close to our hearts um, about hearing God, and we both come at this from a a slightly different perspective, so um, it's it's great to do this together. And our title is Learning to Hear from God, or Learning to Hear God. And I've got to give credit to the daytime students for this title, um, because they probably don't know it. But Fiona and I um, had a conversation, Fiona Gilpin. I head up the prophetic in the school, and Fiona oversees the outreach um, program. And she was talking to me, and she said, Isn't it wonderful the crossover that there is in school? Um, between the prophetic and the evangelistic. She said, actually, the students have started going out into the streets and out into their workplaces, and they've started to say to people, excuse me... I'm learning to hear from God, and I think he might be saying something to you. Would it be okay if I shared that? And people really love that, and are really willing to, to listen to that. So that's a fabulous phrase that the students have coined. So this is what our, our talk's called, Learning to Hear God. And Rob, you're going to lay some foundations. I am. Did you tell people it was 9.30 to 5.30 Thursday and Friday? Thursday and Friday, 9.30 till 5.30, the school, yeah.
1: There you go, we're a double act. So um, we're talking about learning to hear God today and at the very beginning we want to lay some foundations of what we believe as a church about hearing from God. Now we're not going to kind of argue the case for these points, they're just going to be givens that we base everything else on because they're straight from the word of God. The first foundation is that God is always speaking to us. In the last days, God says, and we are in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons, yeah, whoa, indeed. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men, <laughs> someone's getting very excited. Everything. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And you know, to put that into modern-day sort of Facebook parlance, I would say, God is transmitting on all frequencies, through all social media, all television screens, all of the internet, all of every way it's possible for you to be spoken to. He is speaking to you. He is speaking to all of us all the time. The second foundation that we want to lay is that we can all hear God. Okay? It says in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So the first piece of good news is he's always speaking. He's always speaking to all of us. The second piece of good news is that we can all hear him. If you're his sheep, if you're his child, you can listen to him and know him. And knowing God and hearing God is not a special gift. Prophecy is a gift. But you hearing God for you is not a gift. It's a birthright. It's part of who you are. Okay, he made you in his image. He gave you ears to hear, a mind to hear, senses to feel and sense his presence with. He made you to hear him. It was one of the main reasons he made you, was to be in communication and relationship with him, because his sheep know his voice. But moving on from that, the gift of prophecy, which is a gift, is also available to all of us. Because it says, you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. So just to remind you of those three foundations. Number one, God is always speaking. There's never a point when he's not speaking. Number two, we can all hear him. If you're his child, you can hear him. That's the truth. You might feel like you're not hearing him at the moment. But the truth is that you can hear him, because that's how he's made you. And finally, this gift of prophecy, which is a gift is available to all of us. And there's multiple ways that we can receive it. You can just receive it because the Holy Spirit chooses to give it to you. You can receive it because you go to him and you specifically ask for it. Or you can receive it because somebody imparts it to you. Um, And we're going to be doing some impartation today.
0: Okay. In fact, I feel I want to do some impartation right now because the prophetic is in the air and I can see it. Um, I see in the spirit. And actually I had um, a download last night while I was in bed of God dropping just colored gifts um, onto each one of us. And I shared that in the morning meeting and and felt that he was doing that. Um, And actually even during worship, I could see them bouncing around the floor still because he threw (laughs) out more than were received this morning. So I want to encourage you now, I'm just going to release the prophetic and in fact yeah, all know. revelatory gifts in this place and yeah. we all need to to be intentional about receiving yeah. now some of you have already received prophetic gifting um, some of you already receive words of knowledge and wisdom but there's an increase and an upgrade as yeah. you reach out for that so i'm just going to say now father i thank you that you long to give good gifts to your children and that god the gift of prophecy is a good good gift and we ask for it now god i release that i release all the revelatory gifts into this place father wisdom and knowledge um, and and words of knowledge and the prophetic and discernment father i release them all into this place and we say we receive it thank you jesus thank you daddy hallelujah okay so you can all do that now that's great isn't it (laughs) Brilliant. Okay. Well, we'll have a little play later, but seriously, I can, I can just feel downloads coming. I can hear the voice of God just, just speaking out. So if you're getting words, I just encourage you, even while we're speaking, just start making little notes of them. You know, I believe he's downloading stuff to your personal situations and to others around you, both in church and outside in, in your workplaces. So, so just be listening to him starting to tune into that voice. So I want to talk now about how we actually hear from God. Okay, What we need to do in order to hear from God. And God speaks in a whole variety of different ways. Obviously, it's not just like physical sound. Um, he speaks through, through all of our senses and, and a, whole, a whole variety of ways, some of which we're going to explore. Um, and actually, I want to encourage you, if you're one of those people who just feels like, do you know what, everybody else seems to get it, and I'm just standing here like a rock, feeling nothing, thinking nothing. You know, I just don't understand why I don't seem to get it. I want to encourage you that, that that's where Rob was a few years ago. And actually a couple of Sundays ago in the evening, he, he talked through his journey into breakthrough and how God released to him the understanding that actually I haven't left you out. I talk to you just as much as I talk to everybody else, and he talks about some, some fairly useful tools that you found helpful. so yeah. if, if you want to work something through it, I encourage you to listen to that. but actually it 's not so much the method that is the thing it 's not our ears that are the problem if we 're not hearing from god it 's what 's between our ears that tends to be the problem all right it 's the mindset that we approach him with when we listen to him, and identity is key in understanding who we are and how we can talk to God. And although we might think, yeah, we know it, we know we're sons, we know we're daughters, we know we can access him all the time, we know it's our birthright, we know he wants to talk to us, sometimes it takes a while for that to actually sink into us so that that is the way that we are approaching him. And sometimes there are other mindsets going on. So if you're approaching him and actually you're believing in yourself that really you're a sinner who's saved by grace then you're going to struggle to think that God actually wants to talk to you. Because, you know, he's just let you in because, you know, he has to because of Jesus. You know, Um, (laughs) if that's what you think, or if you do think you can hear from him, what you're going to be listening for is, Dad, how do you want me to change? What is in me that is impure that you don't like that you want me to modify? Okay, and that's what you're going to go to him with. And that's what you're going to be listening for. And he's not going to talk to you about that generally holy spirit does convict sometimes obviously but that's not his heart as a good dad or or you might think of yourself as a servant you know and i think we've all been in that place i certainly have where we go to god and what do you do if you're a servant what does a servant ask what do you want me to do what's my instruction and you're actually listening out for tell me what to do tell me where to go and that's not the heart of the father so if you imagine, for example, who watches Downton Abbey or The Crown or any of those programs? Yeah, you, if you've been in Britain for longer than about two months, then you've seen <laughs> at least one of those programs. Um, if you watch something like that, just imagine that scene, you know, where you've got the country house and you've got the big, beautiful dining table. And you have the servants who are standing around the edge. And they're just looking at the table and they're, they're looking for an instruction or a subtle little signal from the master that he wants something. And then they'll move and they'll act on it. They'll change the course on the table or, you know, they'll top up the wine or whatever's needed. But the son is the one who sits at the table with the father. And that's the place that we have because of Jesus and because of who we are. Okay, we sit at the table with the father and the father talks to us and he doesn't just tell us what he wants us to do. He shares his thoughts on politics and his thoughts on what he's planning to do for the business and his hopes and his dreams for his legacy and his destiny and his estate and all those things. And that's what father wants to do for us. He wants us to sit at the table and to share those thoughts and also to hear our thoughts as well. So, to give you another analogy, and I do have his permission to say this, our son Joseph is 16, and um, he's just doing his GCSEs at the moment. So, we've just been through the process of trying to decide what he's going to do post-16. Is he going to go to sixth form? Is he going to go to college? Is he going to get an apprenticeship? What's he going to do? Now, if he'd come home with a form and said, I've got to make my sixth form choices, tell me which ones I should do, well... We actually know him really well and we probably could have, you know, said, right, well, we think you'd be good at this and this and this. There you go. That's what we want you to do. But that as a parent wouldn't be our heart for him as our son because we want him to know that he is powerful and he is free. And part of our delight as parents is seeing him express his opinions and seeing him step out into what he was created to be. And so when he said to us, you know, I've got to make my sixth form choices, the first thing that we did was throw that back to him and say, well, what do you want to do? What's your heart? What are you good at? Have you given any thought to post-18? What sort of career do you want? Do you, you got any idea what you want to do? And so he then had to make the decisions and the choices. We weren't going to tell him what to do. And once he started to express his, his decisions and the subjects that he'd like to do, what we actually did as his parents was we threw his options a whole load wider. We immediately said, right, okay, so you want to do these three subjects. Well, there are five local schools that you could do those in. So let's go and have a look at all of them. Let's shortlist, you know, let's work out the advantages and the disadvantages of each one. And it all got a bit overwhelming. You know, you were supposed to tell me what to do or help me, and now you're giving me even more choices. And it's not our heart to confuse him, but we see the potential in him, and we want him to learn that he's got the world at his feet, okay? And it's the same thing with God. When we go to God and say, tell us what to do, Often the first thing that he will say is, well, you tell me what you want to do. And then when we start to step out and explore that, a whole load of other choices open up for us. Because God's partnering with us as a good parent, and he's showing us all the opportunities. And he's saying, think outside the box. You can do any one of these. What you want to do? And we're experimenting and we're exploring that with God. And so we think, oh, I'm supposed to be getting clarity. I'm supposed to be hearing from God. And it's just getting more confusing. Well, as a good dad, he's giving us opportunities and he's showing us that we've got the world at our feet. So maybe if you think that you're not hearing from God because it's all getting a bit messy, maybe actually you are hearing from God in a process and he's waiting to hear from you what your choices are and what you would like to be so that he can bless you in those. And a prophetic word isn't going to help you in that because it's what's in your heart and what do you want to do with dad. So bear in mind that as a son, you're able to express yourself and to listen to what dad's saying to you in that way as well
1: and I just want to encourage you again to, get, to go back to that picture and I want to also say look please don't just now switch your mind off and just, just listen to us be reaching out to God and I want to invite you to think again to that picture that Vicky said about Downton and you're not one of the servants standing on the edge you're one of the sons or daughters sitting in the middle of the table and your dad is saying what, what, what would you like my child that's, that's the real situation and and um, And just to to take that analogy further, so put your hands up if you have children. Okay, keep your hands up if you've got more than one child and they're both exactly the same. Okay, they're not the same, are they? They We have two children, they are completely different to each other. I mean, ours, we've got a boy and a girl, so that makes it easier, but they're completely different and we know them well, as Vicky said. Now. You know, one is very tactile and affectionate, one loves films, the other one can't sit still long enough to watch a film most of the time. Um, One just loves quality time, so they just want you to sit there while they're doing their homework and just be with them, which is a real test as a parent, I'll be honest with you, it's not the most interesting thing in the world. But that's what they love, they love quality time, and we know our kids, and we know what they love, So, I just want to encourage you. God has as many languages as he has children. He's gone to the trouble in the Bible of telling you that he knows every hair on your head. More for some of us than others, I know. But he knows the hairs on our head, right? He knows everything about us. He knows us completely. He knows what we like. He knows what buttons to push. He knows what we're interested in. And he speaks to us in that way because he loves us, because he knows us completely. And in the same way, that he, he speaks to us in a way that, that we understand and that presses our buttons. We can also go on this exciting journey of finding out, what's the most fun way for me to hear God? How do I he- hear God well? And we can go on that journey. And we Because the way that God, do, for me and Vicki, for example, Vicky likes to be active, she likes to be doing something. I quite enjoy listening to God by being on the recliner at home, which she doesn't always want me to be doing, I'll be honest with you, but some, I love to be on the recliner at home, listening to God, that's where I hear God. That's
0: what you're doing, is it?
1: Really well, that's, yeah, (laughs) very good, Um, but Vicky has a story about a way that she experimented with hearing God, that she's going to tell you about.
0: Yeah, so I'd heard this, this talk by someone who, who was basically saying that the best way to hear from God is to get up early in the morning where the house is quiet and give God the first fruits of your day. And um, that sounded really wonderful. And, you know, obviously it's biblical. Jesus got up early to find himself a nice, quiet place to pray. And um, so I was really excited about this and thought, this is going to be amazing. You know, I'm going to get up early. It's going to be a sacrifice, but, you know, I'm going to get up early. Um, and I concluded it was going to have to be 6 o'clock in the morning because that's the only time, our kids were a bit younger, that was the only time the house was quiet and I could guarantee some peace and quiet. So um, I thought, right, okay, I'm going to have to do this, but I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. The trouble is I am not a morning person at all, all right? <laughs> so have I got any sympathisers here? Yeah, you see, they were all at the early morning service, weren't they, you see? I've got got some friends here. Um, so, you know, I thought, right, okay, this is going to be a sacrifice, but I'm going to do it. So got up at six o'clock in the morning, made myself coffee, got my Bible out, sat in a chair. There's nothing wrong with this, by the way, if, if that's what works for you. But, um, you know, I sat there, and it was awful. It was absolutely <laughs> awful. It was really, really hard work, and I didn't feel any closer to God. But I was committed to it and thought God is going to reward this amazing, um, you know, discipline that I'm instilling in my life. So I persevered with it and I carried on getting up at this time every day um, and, you know, just spending that hour with God before the rest of the house woke up. Now, bear in mind that the reason I was doing this was to become more like Jesus and to be transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, okay? Now, within two weeks, the family held an emergency meeting and demanded that I stop because, quote, I was so bad-tempered I was quite unpleasant to live with. <laughs> So I think that's quite an accolade, don't you? (laughs) Am I the only person here whose family has asked them to stop quiet times? So um, I had to go back to God and kind of say, I'm really sorry, Lord. I can't do this. I, I just can't do it. You know, it's gonna it's gonna break up our family. It's just you know gonna scar my children. And and God just said, that's all right. I can meet you at other times. We don't have to do it at six. You know, and I was, oh, if only <laughs> you'd told me two weeks ago, you know. But, um, but that's the point. You've got to find what works for you. And actually, God will speak to me quite profoundly at other times during the day. It yeah. doesn't have to be six.
1: So we, we all hear God in, in different ways. Um, but I want to sort of share with you another truth with you. And that is that um, sometimes, like Vicky spoke earlier on about how, you know, I, I used to go, when I went to what was then SSM and is now eastgate school of supernatural life so people would be rolling around on the floor people would be hysterically laughing people would be crying and rob would be standing there like this just like feeling nothing feeling like i was made of stone and when that happens over a prolonged period of time it's easy to start thinking what's wrong with me then Why, why doesn't god do that to me and actually i made people do a silly dance when i spoke a couple of weeks ago um And do a song, which I'm not going to make you do today. But it's easy to think, you know, what's the matter with me? But there's nothing the matter with you. God's made you in his image to hear him, to connect with him. But what I want to invite you into is when you do hear of someone hearing from God in a particular way, and it's not something you've had before, there's two ways you can react. You can think, oh, well, why doesn't God speak to me like that? And you can use it as a reason to be down. Or you can think that's an invitation. God's just let me know about that. God's just said, "Look what I'm doing over here. Do you want some?" And if you say, <laughs> "If you say, yeah, I want some," then He gives it to you. And I want to give you an example of that. So, who's heard of a guy called James Maloney? You can put your hands up if you heard. So, um, he he does some amazing things. Um, some, yeah, he has an angel that comes with him, most places that he goes. And, um, he ministers to people. And he had something which I'd never heard of before. When he prays for people, he has what he calls panoramic visions, where suddenly he'll just see a panoramic vision and God will, he'll see things descend for people and he'll share out of that vision. So I'd never heard of this. Um, so I thought, that sounds good. I'll have some of that. So I said, God, I'd like that to happen. To be honest, I kind of forgot about it. Um, the next morning, I was leading a church meeting, and people came up at the end, and the lady came up to be prayed for, and I put my hand on her, and as I put my hand on her, boom! Panoramic vision, and I just saw the word evangelist just drop out of the sky onto this landscape. I'd, I'd forgotten about it. But because God had gone, look what I'm doing over here. Do you want some? And I'd said, yeah, I'll have some. He gave it to me. And that's how it works. You know, John gave a prophetic word that we were going to open a door this morning. And, and that's what he's doing. God is, God is opening an invitation, saying the gift of prophecy is there. Look what I'm doing over here. Do you want some of that? And he wants to give it to you.
0: Yes, yeah, so I want to encourage you. When people say that they've heard from God, dig a little deeper and ask them how they heard from God. Because that's the way that we learn, and that's the way that invitations open up to us. And obviously make it make it clear to them that, you know, you're not questioning whether they did hear from God. You just want to learn. But ask them, when you say you saw that, what, what did that look like? You know, I'm trying to learn more. Can you explain that to me a little bit more? Because that's how we then understand how God is speaking, and that becomes available. And I think we all assume that everybody else hears God much more clearly than we do, don't we? You know, we think that everybody else has the audible voice of God all the time. Um, and we're the ones who are kind of, oh gosh, I, I've got no idea whether that was me. That just felt like a thought, you know. But actually, for most of us, that's how God speaks. And he's speaking to everybody all the time, including people outside of the church. It's not just people within these four walls. And I've only heard the audible voice of God once. And I was 17, and I wasn't a Christian. Okay, And I was in my bedroom. I wasn't particularly behaving well, to be honest with you. I was having a tantrum. Something had gone wrong for me. And I was really not in a great place. And I was throwing things around the room. And God just spoke audibly to me with the kindest voice imaginable. Didn't mention the behavior at all. Just filled the room with complete peace. And I just thought... Oh oh well, that's that then. It didn't actually change the situation. The situation that I was tantruming about was still there, but I just had total peace. Oh well, that's it then. That's why it's like that. That's okay. And it was fine. And actually I didn't become a Christian through that experience. It was only a couple of years later, after I'd become a Christian, that I went, oh, Was that you? <laughs> Back then, that was you. Wasn't okay so god is speaking to people all the times but for most of the time when we know him he's leaving us little clues he's leaving us subtle um, ways for us to hear him so that we can be drawn into deeper relationship with him so some of you might have heard this story but um it's one of my favorites um i was talking to a lady downstairs a lady who'd come over from bethel actually a student and um she as we were chatting she said you know i just see germany over you And now she really had my attention because she didn't know I've got a German surname. She didn't know Rob's family is all from Germany. I've got a degree in German. I've got a a passion for for German people. And I was just going out to Germany. She just said, you know, I just see Germany over you. So I was like, wow, that is amazing. She came up with this incredible word for me. And I said to her afterwards... Just tell me, you know, when you said you saw Germany over me, what, what do you mean you saw Germany? You know, I'm kind of thinking, did like the, the words appear above my head? You know, like kind of, did my face sort of morph into Angela Merkel's face while I was talking (laughs) to her? Or something, you know, what actually happened to make me, to make you think of Germany when you saw me? I wasn't wearing Lederhosen or anything, you know. And, and she said, you know, I, I, I just looked at your earrings. I thought, my earrings? Because I was wearing little white daisy earrings. And she said, I just looked at your earrings. And she said, I thought, well, they look like Edelweiss, which they weren't actually Edelweiss. She said, they just look like Edelweiss. And Edelweiss is the national flower of Germany, which it isn't actually. It's the national, (laughs) it's the national flower of Austria. But isn't that fabulous? That God kind of just, just led her through an inverted commas mistake into thinking it was germany and that she says you know i just see germany over you and she saw that from my little white daisy earrings and i just thought wow that really opens a door for me because who knew that god spoke earring you know but he really does and so i started thinking i'm gonna have a go at that i'm gonna look for someone with earrings and i'm gonna have a go at prophesying from their earrings or from what they're wearing And you know what? God is amazing. And he really does speak through things like that. So just ask the question. Don't assume that everybody else sees things in a really inaccessible, amazing way. Often it's just the little nudges.
1: So, I mean, some of the... Yeah, that was great. for it. I I find it amazing that you hear the audible voice of God and it calms you down and you don't become a Christian. Like (laughs) You just carry on. And and that, that... that really speaks to me about how he's, he's, you know, he speaks to his children, but actually we're all his children. He's made all of us, hasn't he? He's made us to hear him. And, um, so we've talked, we've laid foundations and we've talked about how to hear God. But one of the things we really want to instill today is that how you carry on the conversation, because that's what it is. It's a conversation. It's two way. So we've talked about how you hear and now we want to talk about how you continue the conversation. And what, one of the main things we want to say is that it's an ongoing relationship. That's what God is looking for with each of us. And I just want to, I just want to give an example of that because one of, the, one of the areas... We want to hear God in every area of our lives. And one of the areas that we're pretty constantly reaching out to Him for is our business. We, we run a business together. We rent out houses. And so a couple of years ago... Um, we, were, uh, we were looking at a house and we, we actually wanted to help some friends to be able to move into, into the area. So we'd put an offer in on a house in a particular street. And um, so this day, um, a couple of strange coincidences happened. Um, I usually go to Maidstone, I don't know, once a week or every couple of weeks, but um, I happened to go to Maidstone twice in one day, which is unusual. It didn't usually happen and then a couple of other things to do with sort of doubles came up and as we were driving back from maidstone we saw two rainbows so went to maidstone twice saw two rainbows and just saying lord lots of lots of doubles happening today what are you saying well we'd seen another house come on the market in the same street where we already had an offer in on a house and we didn't especially, we weren't especially looking to buy two, didn't especially know we had the money to buy two, um, but this other one came up. And so we thought, and we just prayed about it and felt God saying, put an offer in the other one as well. We want you to put an offer in the other one. So we did. And then, very, very interestingly, the first one fell through and we never got it. But the second one that we put in because of all these doubles and God said, put an offer in another one on the same street, we got it. That's actually the house that Jeremy and Blondine live in because we listened, because two rainbows, two visits, two, two what's happening? Put two offers in. Um, and
0: actually the timing worked out to the day with Jeremy and Blondine being able to move in. And if yeah. we hadn't had that offer in and the other house had fallen through, they wouldn't have had a house to move into when they came over to the U.K.,
1: So we want to make sure we, we give time for, for impartation and for practicing some of this. But, um, it's, God's not, it's not a hit and run job. He doesn't screech up in his limo and go, word, 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 and then zoom zoom off again and leave you to it. That's not how He works. He gives you a picture or a vision or a rainbow or whatever and you're left with it and you're like, what does, what does that mean? And so you go back and say, God, you've given me, thank you for this picture. What does it mean? And then He tells you, and then you say, okay. Uh, What am I supposed to do with that now? And it's it's a continuous conversation that he wants us to have. And Vicky's going to talk about how how we weigh those. So it's an ongoing relationship, and it's not just for church, it's for everywhere. He's speaking all the time to everyone, and he wants us to be as well. And so Vicky's going to talk about how you weigh that.
0: Yes, yeah, so if, if you sense that God is speaking to you, if he's drawing you towards something, you're just starting to get an image or an idea or a thought, the first thing to do is to ask God, is that for me or is that for somebody else? Why are you showing me that? Is that for information or is that to take to somebody else? And just start to interact with him about that. And then, then start to think, you know, is there any more to it, Father? Is there anything additional that you want to show me? Before I take it to a person. And if you feel drawn to to bring it to a person as a prophetic word. Then just some very simple things to to think about. Does it match up with what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. Which is the purpose of prophecy. The one who prophesies. So speaks the word of God for someone else. Speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. So is it actually going to release hope in their life? Is it going to be an encouragement and a strength and a comfort to them? Or as we say in the kids' work, and I love this, is it A, B, C, D? All right? So does it always build up, cheer up, and draw them near? Okay? Draw them near to God. Because the idea of a prophetic word is that it leads people closer to God. And if it's going to do those things, then it's safe to bring it. Okay? And I'm not just talking about in church. I'm talking about you can do this in businesses. You can do this out on the streets. You can do this all over the place, okay? You might want to change your language, all right? So if you're prophesying to business colleagues, you might not even want to say this is a prophetic word. You might just want to say, do you know what? You're great at this, and I'm just feeling like, you, you know, it would be great for you to explore this. You can do it in such a way that you are not making it inaccessible for them. You can speak inappropriate language, But the next thing that you need to do just before you bring it is to check out, is this actually the best time for them to receive it? Okay, so Emily over there, got three kids. If she's leaving the building with all her children and trying to get them all in the car, she might not be in the best place to receive a prophetic word at that (laughs) moment. She might actually receive it better if you message her with it later or, you know, if you hold it until the next time that you see her. I, a few weeks ago in worship at school, actually, um, someone had a prophetic word for me. But they saw that I was lost in worship and I was just connecting with God. So they didn't interrupt me. They held on to it and they wrote it down and they gave it to me at the end of the meeting. Which was fantastic because I was having a great time with God and we were having a conversation. And God revealed something to me in that conversation, which when the person then bought me a piece of paper, it actually matched up and confirmed exactly what God had spoken to me. But I wouldn't have had that if they'd come up and interrupted me from my engagement with god and said oh you know i think god's saying this so just use wisdom as to when is going to be the most appropriate time to bring it to a person
1: very good so i just want to break a couple of lies before we then go and have an impartation time and finish and give opportunity to, to practice this stuff so please be listening to god for for words for yourself for other people but the first one is the first lie that i find the enemy likes to throw at me is um you're not going to enter into your destiny if you don't handle this word correctly okay and he says somehow you're you're going to screw it up god's going to give you this word you're going to mess it up completely and you're not going to enter your destiny because you've messed up okay god is bigger if you love jesus if every time he gives you a word and you and you write it down, you weigh it, you pray about it, you take it to your friends, you ask them, you're not going to mess up your future because you've you've, you've weighed it, you've done you, you've done what he's encouraged you to do. And one of the reasons you weigh it is because sometimes you need to throw it out because sometimes it isn't from him. Most of the time, it probably will be. Okay, so you're not going to mess up your future by not doing it right because he's a good dad. And the, and the second thing is. I've heard this a lot, like people say, oh, I had this word, and I've I've got to i had to bring it now, I've got to bring it straight away, because if I don't give it straight away, God's not going to give me any more. And that's not true. That's not how he works. That that would be like your kids learning to walk, and you say, you silly child, don't you know how to walk yet? That's not how you treat your children, is it? If your children are learning to walk, when they fall over, what do you do? You pick them up, you give them a kiss, you put them back, and they carry on walking again. And that's how our good dad is with us, with prophecy, we're learning. And Vicky's going to do some more learning with us now on that.
0: Yeah, so we're just going to have, we've already had an impartation, as in God has already released gifts. And put your hand up if God has been speaking to you, if you've received words or, fantastic, look at this. There's so, so much going on in the air. And I honestly believe that um, even as you go home, God's going to be speaking to you and giving you downloads. If you haven't... Okay, you can begin to receive from what other people have got. All right. Take it as an encouragement that God is speaking and that he will speak to you as well. So we're just going to thank God now. So if you just want to start listening into him, I find it helpful if I shut my eyes and we will make sure we finish before it's time to get the children. So I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us. Thank you for giving us good gifts. And Father, when you give us good gifts, you don't want us to leave them in their box. You want us to open them and to activate them. And so Holy Spirit, would you please begin to download words to us right now, Father? For each one of us, just an encouraging word that's going to build someone up, that's going to cheer them up, and that's going to draw them closer to you. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you that you are a good, good dad. Amen. Okay. So I'm just—I would like to encourage you, and I don't want anybody to feel under any pressure, but I want to encourage you to step out and activate your prophetic gift by finding someone before you leave um, to prophesy with. David, Catherine, did you want to do something?